You are listening to Forging Employee Experience. I am Josh Green, and joined here by, you guessed it, Alexander Norin. How are you, my friend? Well, good. Hopefully they guessed right. It would be a little, uh, a little awkward if, uh, if you got a new co-host without telling me. <laughs> but uh, things are good. A little cold in the studio today. I don't know why, but I think it's a, it's a little cold day today. But uh, excited to be energized and warmed up by our conversation with our amazing guest. Kristen Harcourt is on the show, on the air, right now. Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm great, and I love that welcome. Thank you so much, Alexander and Josh. Yeah, we're, we're so excited to have you on the Absolutely. show. So we, we met Kristen at the Work Human Conference in January, and, you know, she just has a, an amazing personality. She's just so happy and smiling all the time. If you check out her website, kristenharcourt.com, you can just see her personality oozing through the screen. It's so great to have you here, Kristen. Let me just tell our listeners a little bit about you. Kristen is an executive career and leadership coach and speaker. For the past 12 years, she has consulted with hundreds of organizations on talent management, leadership development, and organizational wellness. She is on a mission to help organizations and individuals develop kindness and practice intentional living. What a great and worthy purpose to to work for. Uh, Kristen, what else do we need to know about you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I really do have a mission within the workplace to to humanize it, which would explain why I was at work human. Uh, And I think the way to do that is a lot of different, um, like when we think about employee engagement, a lot of different areas. Um, But specifically, I love my sweet spot is working with leaders, um, whether that's the emerging leaders all the way to the top, the CEO, senior leadership team. I think the more we have leaders who know themselves well and are leading from the best of their capability, it has a huge impact on the effectiveness and engagement of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have nailed it any better. So what what is the work that you do exactly? Are you working with leaders to help them boost engagement or is it leadership development focused? Yeah, so I work in some different areas. So I'll start kind of with the, the coaching side. When I'm working with individuals, what I really love doing is helping them to get more in touch with who they are, where they're going, what's important, what their vision is. Uh, I am very cognizant, and and Jason would have talked about this as well, not calling it the soft skills, but calling it the human skills, uh, the core skills, which I feel are critical in terms of leaders being effective. And it's not one or the other. Of course, they need to be able to understand strategy and all of the operational Uh, skills and operational components of the job. Um, But what I love to do with leaders is help them to just really become more attuned with with who they are. Uh, We can all grow, we can all evolve, especially if you look at some of those senior leaders. There's sometimes this uh, philosophy that when you get there, like there's somewhere that you've arrived and then you're done, but you're never done, right? You're, from a personal development perspective, you're always evolving. We can see that things are happening so rapidly in in the global landscape. So change, the only thing that we know is change is constant. Um, So the more that leaders can also have a safe space where they can share wins, where they can share struggles, they can share what they're coming up against and then have this this place where they can learn more about themselves and and be be more effective and come up with different strategies, uh, sometimes different ways of seeing things, expanding their perspectives. Oh, that's great. And, and, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the employee experience and employee experience. We learn one of the big driving factors in the workplace is their leaders, their managers, the people that they directly report to. 
it's very interesting to see that there's a direct correlation between the leadership uh, ability and competence versus the experience that employees are having. I'm curious in your own experience, have you found that to be true? And um, I guess, what do we need to do to improve employee experience at work? Yeah, absolutely. Employee experience is huge. Um, and I think that you can go at it from both angles too. One is the leader and helping them be more effective in, in, in managing and leading those individuals, but also empowering that individual around what can they be doing to create an experience. And sometimes that's about having courageous conversations and, and asking for what they need. So from a leader perspective, uh, and one of the things I really try to help leaders understand is to be having um, regular dialogue with employees and checking in with them and saying like, hey, how are things going? What are some of the challenges you're up against? What do you need more of from me? How can I better support you? So that that leader can be understanding that individual. And it's, it is quite unique, right? So it's, as a leader, it's constantly adapting and understanding what each individual needs. And you've got some people who really like autonomy and they want to have more space and, and have that you know, that ability to, to, to have some failures, to learn, to practice. Then there's other individuals who really need more support and they want that guidance. So it's, it's understanding it's not this one size fits all so that the more the leader can ask and have that ongoing dialogue and, and even the personal stuff, right? Just checking in, like how, how are things going? Uh, and it's unfortunately it's lost. I, I can't tell you how many leaders who I, I've spoken with and they say, oh, like I, I never, I never have that conversation. I never ask them what do you need more of from me. Um, and then again, let's put it into from the employee experience. Let's put it back into that employee's hands as well so that they feel empowered and having conversations with the leader as well and saying, hey, this is what I've been experiencing. And, you know, these are some of the struggles. Um, and then letting them know what's going on so that they can be better supporting them. So really having it, it's, it's a two-way conversation. Mm. What, what strikes me as, as interesting about that is, is the, amount of, the amount of effort, it sounds like, that that, that that requires. But in your experience, have you seen the, the payoff for, you know, the, the leaders have to go through and they have to now make a conscious effort in addition to everything else that they're doing? Um, now they have to make that conscious effort. Um, do you find that some folks who might have originally thought that it was very difficult to find it to be actually enjoyable, uh, even though it's more work, to try to make those meaningful relationships? Yeah, 100%. So this is the thing that's so interesting, and it feels counterintuitive because the leaders feel like it, they're so busy, they're being pulled in so many different directions, mm -hmm. constantly in meetings, they have these objectives that they need to meet. So they think, how can I possibly put in this 10 or 15 minutes? Right. So here's the interesting thing. When you actually do this and create the, and it doesn't have to be a lot, right? I, I'm just asking for you know, 10, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, check-ins, weekly basis, a couple of times per week. What starts to happen is as you start to build more trust and more meaningful connection with these individuals, things get done more effectively, right? So now what starts to happen is not only the dynamic between you and that individual and them giving more feedback around what's happening, where there might be roadblocks, where there might be challenges. So now you're being proactive. And instead of people coming with these problems and challenges after it's so far down the pipeline, you can get at it earlier because again, there's this trust and they're communicating and letting you know what's going on. Um, 
But then what also starts to happen is the team dynamic starts to change. So the team is working together more effectively because there's more of these getting to know each individual and understanding the, the team and what you might need more of, what you might need less of. You might realize the team's not as diverse um, as you need it to be to be um, more effective to get, again, those business outcomes. Mm. So this is the part that's so interesting. It really feels counterintuitive, but the more just those 10 or 15 minutes are spent, it'll save so much time in the long run. So it's coming from more of a proactive mindset as opposed to a reactive mindset. And, and how do you, you know, I think about doing a, a, a check-in a couple of times a week, you know, and, and, and it, it, you know, transitioning to that model sounds like a really fantastic idea um, because you're going from probably not very much one-on-one -on -one coaching or communication uh, between leadership and, and, and a direct report and, and, and having some. Is there ever an issue where it becomes, um, and, and if so, how do we avoid it, where it becomes just kind of part of the routine, right? I'm thinking now, okay, we've done, we do check-ins every two weeks, or we do two check-ins a week for six months. I, I wonder, do you ever run into the issue where leaders kind of get into a pattern? How do you keep that relationship dynamic and not just something that becomes a box to check every mm, Yes. Yes, we don't want this to be a, a box that's being checked off. Right, right. Uh, so thank you for bringing that up because I think that's where so many of the challenges happen in organizations. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but it's right. too much yeah. checkbox um, exercise. So here's where I would I would go with that. First of all, um, this is, can be a really new skill for many leaders. So it can feel very vulnerable, uncomfortable at, at first. Mm -hmm. So take it with baby steps and play around with it. Give yourself the space to experiment. Um, there's not any right or wrong way to do it. And it doesn't necessarily, I mean, as a st starting point and especially more linear thinkers are gonna get right into, okay, I'm gonna build this into the calendar and have this as a weekly thing. Okay, that's a great starting point. But as it starts to become more of a, a natural behavior that you don't even have to think about, it's gonna be able to happen in a more spontaneous way, right? So at right. the beginning, structure's great, because at least the structure's making you do something that previously you weren't, so you're building that structure in. Right. But then as it becomes more of a natural thing, it's going to, uh, it, because it's more natural, it can happen in an organic way, and it's just gonna, these kind of spontaneous interactions. And what might also start to happen is, it's not just the leader. Now that individual is making more time to come to the leader, let them know what's going on. And then those, those conversations are happening as well. So I think it becomes an organic process, but for some creating the structure or even doing reminders, right? So having the, the calendar reminder that says like, Hey, have I, have I checked in with anybody today? Right. 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 So you're just starting to create that behavior, but agree completely. Like as it starts to become, less foreign and less um, kind of le less weird and not something that you normally do. Uh, it, it, it'll, it'll feel, it'll feel different. It'll look different and it won't have to be um, it's, it, it'll actually become fun. I'm going to say that. I'm going to put that out there. Fun. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Right. Because if, I mean, if you think about it, like uh, th there are very few people who, who can honestly say, I don't like having positive relationships with people. <laughs> You know what I mean, right? It's just, that's not a thing. People, people don't feel that way typically. Um, so how difficult though, you know, I think about, uh, we have this, I think, I think you'll agree this issue where there's a tendency to promote top performers, right? 
which is which is great on the one hand, right? It's easy to see where that comes from. Like, oh, they're doing a good job. We should reward them. Yeah. True. But maybe rewarding them with a leadership role isn't the best for them or the organization. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, I mean, that's, you know, we've missed the boat on being preemptive about that. And so as, we, as it stands right now in organizations everywhere, right, you have lots of people in leadership roles who, you know, maybe, maybe not as equipped to be a leader as, as they, they could be. How, how difficult is it to start learning these skills? Is it, um, is it a, a, you're born with it? So either you're you're good at it, or you're just gonna you're gonna bomb, or is is it a is it a uphill battle? I mean, is it is it something that's fairly straightforward for everybody to get? Or tell me about that process. Yeah, that's such a great question. So um, so first of all, you address something that I see happen too often, is that the high performers, amazing individual contributors, there's this assumption that the next step is to put them into leadership, and it can right. come from both ends. It can come from the organization that thinks, well, this person is so great, let's put them into leadership. But it can also come from the individual that says, I don't know anywhere else to go and I want to continue to grow and develop right. and perhaps get a higher salary. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing to look at is um, more open dialogue and conversations around that. So actually asking that individual, is that what they want to go to, to next? Are you excited about going into leadership? Is this something that you saw for yourself? So that's where you're really getting into that vision. And, uh, and then the, from the organization's perspective is more time focused on understanding like what are those different career passing options, right? Because there are a lot of high performers that want to continue to grow, but when you start to really have um, an honest conversation, they don't actually want to be a leader. They don't, that's not where they right. want to go next, but they don't see anywhere else. So sometimes that can be cross-functional. So putting them in a different part of the organization um, that they weren't in before, that again, gives them new challenges, new experience. Um, it could be within that particular position, there could be uh, kind of a more senior role, but where they still don't have direct people reporting into them. So those are some of the questions that the, the organization can be asking and, and what they can be creating. Um, so that's what I would say around the, that first piece, which is, does that person actually really want to go into leadership, which I would say 50% of the time they actually don't, mm -hmm. uh, but they just think that's the only place to go. And then the other half of the question uh, in terms of, you know, are, are you born? Is it innate skills? Uh, I think we can all develop our leadership skills. And I think there's a lot of people, you'll see those ones who are just naturally charismatic that it, it does come more naturally to them, but there's, uh, many individuals who might, um, I, I don't want to necessarily say introvert, but they might be in more technical fields. I think of sometimes, you know, finance, tech, engineers, construction, where the skill set that's gotten to where they are, what's allowed them to be really successful is a little bit more of that linear thinking, a little bit more of that um, analytical mindset. And so the people component is not something that necessarily comes naturally to them. Can it be learned? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, good news. <laughs> it's totally, it, it's learned behaviors. Um, in order to be able to learn and get better at it, there has to be an openness from the individual to want to learn. Change only comes from, um, you know, has to be that you, you really truly want to, to do it and be willing to be in the uncomfortableness of trying new, new skills, new behaviors. What makes me really sad is that not enough organizations are providing any type of support from a leadership development perspective for these new people who go into leadership. 
all of this people, all of these people aspects completely foreign to them and no support at all for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think there are some huge challenges that are around that exact topic. Like every, everyone, yes, is a leader, but every leadership style is so very different. I, it makes me think of a quote I heard recently that is like, the only thing that one leader has in common with another is that someone is willing to follow them. The, the way to become a leader and leadership development, I think that's where the challenge lies in what you're doing is trying to find the, the custom path for that leader. And, and it's just hard, you know, if, if, if we could fit leaders into a box and just produce them as is, then we wouldn't have diversity in, in the workplace and we wouldn't have all of these great things. But, but yeah, I, I, feel, I feel you on that one. And so, so let me ask you this, as you, uh, as you are beginning to start that leadership conversation with individuals, uh, where do you start or how do, how do you help them identify what kind of leader they are and, and go from there? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is, is just giving them a, a safe space where they can even share the struggles and what's going on and um, learning more about themselves. And, and the more that they can be educated around how important it is, because what I notice uh, with so many leaders is they're not tapping into a whole part of themselves. They're so often in their head and it's the whole leading with your head and leading with your heart. And, um, and part of that is getting more attuned with, with yourself and understanding like what's going on in your body and how your body is constantly telling you things, right? Are you in alignment? Are you not in alignment? What's going on for you right now? So that the more they can uh, become comfortable with that internal voice, get to know their compass, get to know their authentic self. Uh, because I, I love what you talked about there too around, and this is such an, an important part of leadership, there is no one right way to be a leader, but there is a, a showing up as your authentic self and tapping into that part of you. Uh, I talk a lot about bringing your whole your whole person to work. Uh, and, and some people have this idea of this person you're supposed to be if you're a leader. Um, I think back to my dad, actually. I remember I, I would go in sometimes in the summer uh, I, I worked there one summer and then other times when I would go into the workplace, I would talk to his colleagues when he wasn't there and they would all say, we love the way your dad is when you come into work because he's a totally different person. He's laughing, he's joking around, he's being playful. Uh, but he felt, uh, and it, it's funny, we had conversations later uh, and, and again, he was in a bit of a different era where there was a certain kind of expectation of what it meant to be a leader. But for him, he felt like he had to wear that mask and that there's a certain way that you're a leader. And if you're, if you're kind of laughing and joking around, then people aren't going to take you seriously. And you need to be serious if you're a leader. So, I mean, that's, it's really unfortunate because I'm sure that had an impact in terms of building um, a strong relationships with his team because he, he was, he was holding up, if you're familiar with any of Brene Brown's work, you know, he's wearing a mask, he's wearing the armor. And, and when you wear that armor and don't let people fully see who you are, um, you're not going to connect as, as well with them. So I think part of it is really um, helping leaders to really understand and tap into who they are. And then the other part is, is, is getting into the, not just the head, but the head and the heart and the whole person. And when you start to do that, when individuals, I mean, you've seen this, right? When people start to like really be who they are, 
and show up from that place, they just get lit up and people want to be around those, those, those individuals. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And it's interesting to watch those personas bleed into the social world. I mean, there are social influencers who aren't really leaders outside of their own sphere, but inside Instagram, they've got millions of followers and, and it's because you can see those personalities shine through. You can see the cause that they're fighting for and it's just, it's contagious. Yeah. This has been a, a great conversation, Kristen. And, you know, as we discuss this and as we talk, it, it just makes me think like the work that needs to be done and, and where we're headed. So I'm just curious to ask, what is the future of employee experience or what's the future of leadership development in your eyes? Yeah, from my perspective, the human skills are not going anywhere. And uh, I love AI. I think artificial intelligence is there's a lot of good things that are, are coming with it. Um, I think that already there's too many people that are thinking it's the end all be all and, and going again, it's the whole band-aid things instead of getting to the root cause. So I think artificial intelligence and where that's going when used properly is going to create opportunities to you know, get more real-time feedback and understand things and be able to pivot and make changes quicker. But the, the human component is not going anywhere. And if anything, it's going to be even more critical because in this, this, this space where there's going to be so much built off of technology, and we've seen this actually with the, the remote worker, right? There was for a long time, people really asking, we want to have work-life integration. We want to have work-life integration. We want to be able to you know, have flexibility, work from home. And so organizations really started to evolve in that for many different reasons. And um, I think of IBM. I remember IBM got to the point where they you know, sold off offices and had it so everybody was working remotely. And without really piloting it, without really testing to see, you know, people think they want something, but is it true? Is it what they really want? And then what they started to find is as people were working from home remotely and, and going for it like completely like 24 seven, no interaction in the office, people started to feel, are, are, and they're still, this is happening now too, people are feeling really lonely and they're starting to make changes again. And, and for some workplaces, they're having it so they can work from home sometimes, but then they also have the, those opportunities where they can go into the office. Uh, even where there's more of these um, remote locations where, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will have this, where they'll go in somewhere where there's a whole bunch of people in these, um, in these spaces where you can work together with other entrepreneurs, because the same thing, entrepreneurs are feeling lonely to be at home by themselves 24 seven. They're, they're naturally extroverted people. And also we're all wired for human connection. So from my perspective, what's not going away is a human component and it's going to become even more critical. Mm. I, I think that's awesome. That's uh, addressing the, hopefully some people's concerns right now. Of, are we all going to be robots someday? <laughs> are they going <laughs> to yeah, take over right. the world? <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. That's something that you can't fake and needs to be authentic is that human experience. Uh, th th that has been such a great conversation, Kristen. Uh, where can our listeners keep in touch with you? Yeah. So at my website, you can find me at kristenharcourt.com. And I'm really active on social media, so you can find me on any of the social channels as well under Kristen Harcourt. Um, love having conversations, love connecting, so please feel free to reach out. Awesome, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, it's been wonderful.